Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Steeler Nation Live. Out of Rochester, New York. Your home for Steelers news info and other sports news. With your host, Sanders Tisdale and James Owen. And new anchor, former Super Bowl kicker, Jeff Reed. Welcome to Steeler Nation Live. I'm Sanders Tisdale. And I'm James Owen. Folks, our next guest spent his entire career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky, went on to play college football for the Kentucky Wildcats, where he lettered in each of his four years. Picked number 44 in the second round of the 1988 draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers and stayed with the Steelers until the year 2000. This, this gentleman was a seven-time Pro Bowler, a six-time All-Pro, 1990 All-Decade Team, Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team, and the Pittsburgh Steelers number 63 will no longer be issued to anybody, and this guy was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in the year 2012. It gives me great pride and an honor to introduce our next guest, Dermonte Dawson, the Steeler Nation Live. Welcome to the show, Dermonte. Hey, hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me on the show, and I'm glad I could, uh, I could make the time slot for you guys. And we appreciate it, Colin, from California. And we all we understand you got a lot of stuff going out there, so we appreciate it. But before we start the questionnaire, we wanna we wanna wish you a happy belated birthday, there, Demonte. Thank you, thank you. Hey, I'm not getting any younger, am I? Hey, fifty-one, <laughs> boy. Hey, you, you wouldn't it seems know. like it. yesterday I was playing ball. I know, I know. One, you know, my body, my body is showing it. But uh, other than that, you know, hey, I don't, I don't really let uh, my age define what I do. Um, it's just a number. I know I'm restricted somewhat, but <laughs> hey, you got to keep on moving. <laughs> That's what it's all about. You keep moving. Hey, you know what? Yes, right. And speaking of uh, birthdays, the fact is, let everybody here on Still Nation Live know how was it growing up in the in the Dawson household. It's, it's got to be something, you know, like a lot of players go through a lot of things, a lot of family members involved or not. But how was that whole concept of you growing up in the Dawson household? Oh, you know, we had a we had a huge uh, family, uh, you know, sorry, extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles. You know, my dad's side, there were 11 kids uh, in his family. I mean, you know, siblings. And so I had a lot of cousins and a lot of uncles. Uh, you know, in my household, I mean, you know, basically I was the oldest. I've got a brother who's four years younger, one that is uh, 10 years younger, born on the same day as me. Uh, we share the same wow. birthday. Then I have another brother. Yeah, yeah. And then I have another brother who is 11 years younger uh, and an adoptive brother uh, also who is 11 years younger. And, um, you know, I mean, me and my brother Marcus, uh, who is four years younger than I, you know, he and I were pretty much close, closer to age growing up. And then I was pretty much out of the house in college when my other brothers were uh, growing up as well. But, you know, still, you know, it, it was uh, just a normal, you know, my mom was a nurse. My dad was working at IBM. And, uh, you know, so just growing up, you know, playing sports, running the street, uh, you know, doing my thing in school, you know, playing baseball, uh, just like, uh, you know, just a normal um, uh, childhood. Now, now, Dermonte, tell us all about how you started 
getting into football and what attracted you so much to this sport? Well, you know, I mean, really, I was baseball. Baseball was my, my major sport that I, I used to play, and I played, you know, Little League. But what got me into football, I played football my ninth grade year uh, at the Leestown Middle School. But I was a tight end. I was number 82. And, of course, I just went out because some of my buddies wanted me to go out, and I really didn't care too much for practice, you know, kind of skip practice every once in a while. So pretty much I was just a blocking dummy, basically. <laughs> um, I don't I, I don't remember playing any uh, any games, actually. Um, so when I got to high school, you know, I was running track and, and playing baseball. So I ended up wrestling and and, and running track my uh, uh, sophomore year. And then everybody knows the story that uh, Steve Parker, who, was, who had just been hired in, in 81 at Bryan Station High School, either 80 or 81, he was hired. And um, so... I was coming out of uh, biology or, or chemistry class. I can't remember which class. And uh, he bumped into me in the hallway and said, uh, sir, can I help you? And I said, uh, coach, I said, I go to school here. Uh, you know, I've been the same height since, yeah, yeah, I've been the same height, height since ninth grade, but I was just thin. But coming in, you know, I guess my sophomore year, I was, you know, wrestling and, and uh, running track, so. I was looking much bigger, plus I had a goatee, and uh, so I looked a little older than what I actually was. And uh, he said, son, where have you been all my life? He said, you got to get out and play football. Wow. Um, so, you know, Mark Logan, Cornell Burbage, two of my track buddies, uh, teammates, they convinced me to go out for my junior year, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. I mean, I started playing tackle, offensive tackle, and offensive defensive tackle uh, my junior year, and then also my senior year, and then ended up getting scholarship offers for track and field and football uh, my senior year. Now, Darmani, let me ask you this. Now, you received that football scholarship to the University of Kentucky. Were there any other colleges that you had rather, you know, attended? Or was that the one you said, you know what, I got it here, and that's where I'm going? Well, you know, I mean, at this time, you know, my girlfriend and I, we wanted to go to the same university. She wanted to go to Ohio State. I wanted to go to UCLA. And uh, so we made a compromise, and I went to UK. So that's the reason why I ended up going to UK. Uh, because of my girlfriend at the time. So um, that's that's how I got to UK, because I was going to go to uh, UCLA uh, or Michigan State. Now, you were drafted by the Steelers in the 88 draft in the second round. Were you, A, happy with the team that picked you, which was the Steelers? B, did you have another team that you had in specific in your mind? And C, do you feel that you could have been drafted a little higher? No, I was really surprised that I was drafted in the second round because I'm, you know, just I started on my junior and my senior year, and I think what really kind of catapulted me uh, up to the higher level of the draft, you know, first and second round, uh, or the first first three or four rounds, was because I went to, when I was invited to the combine. Um, you know, I had the second fastest forty of any lineman. Uh, wow. You know, also vertical jump, you know, shuttle run, all that stuff. I had top top uh, uh, times in all those uh, tests that they do at the Combine. And then also the Senior Bowl, which is the premier bowl game for college athletes coming out. That's where all the GMs and all the scouts are. That is the premier uh, game to kind of up your stock. And then once they saw me, uh, you know, go against some of the, some of the best uh, nose guards because they wanted me to see if I could play center as opposed to guard. And then in the game, Thurman Thomas, who was our running back at the time, you know, we ran for 200-something rushing yards. Uh, and Thurman, I think Thurman Thomas won the uh, MVP of the uh, Senior Bowl. And so after that, boy, I really started getting a lot of attention. And my name was, you know, starting to go up the uh, draft board. 
but George Adams at the time, who was a UK running back, who was with the Giants at that time, uh, George was telling me, he said, hey, man, the Giants like you. Uh, but, you know, it was just one of those things where I wasn't a big lineman. I didn't fit within their system. Right. And, uh, you know, so I fit perfectly with the Pittsburgh Steelers system because they had a trapping offense, and that was the trapping off. That was the kind of offense we ran in the U.K. So, um, you know, it was just a perfect fit. But I was really surprised that, uh, you know, I went to Pittsburgh in the second round. But, you know, coming out of college, I mean, you, you, you're happy just to be drafted. I don't see why guys complain about what team they go to. <laughs> hey, you can, show, you, can, you, you can show your talent any, any team you uh, are drafted to. So I was just grateful and thankful that I was drafted so high and to the Pittsburgh, to Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's what it's all about, and that's why while we do this, like we said, there's only one nation, and that's still a nation, so that's why we are out here that's talking right. to you tonight, brother. Right. <laughs> but the fact is, let me ask you, explain to a lot of guys, there's guys here who might gather that feeling of getting drafted or getting that phone call, and there's guys who won't ever get that feeling of getting drafted, just like us two that are sitting here on the mic yep. with you tonight. <laughs> yeah, but the fact is, explain, explain to us, how was that feeling How when you got that phone call? Oh, it's phenomenal. I mean, because every, every uh, you know, college athlete coming out wants to play professional football. Uh, you know, and that's, that's what your goal is to, uh, you know, reach the professional level. But not everybody's going to make it. I mean, it's very slim. You know, less than 1% of college players, uh, you know, make it to the pros because really there's limited. I mean, even now, when I was coming out in a draft, it was 12 rounds. So, therefore, there were more guys being drafted, so you had a chance. Now you have seven rounds, and you have less guys. Uh, you know, going into um, or jobs available, I guess. Because you got about 3,000 college athletes each year or student athletes that have a potential, have the potential of being drafted. But there's only less than 1% that, that make it. And there's only so many jobs uh, available each and every year. So, you know, you got to have some luck and you also have to have to, you, know, you got to have some skill as well. Uh, I think it's twofold. You got to have the skill, the athletic ability. You have to fit within a system, and you have to be needed. You know, there's got to be a need for the team, so or from the team that's going to draft you. So, uh, it makes it tough. It makes it's a very tough business, and it's and it and it's hard. Now, Dermonte, your rookie season, you started immediately beside Hall of Famer Mike Webster. What was it like being a rookie and playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Not only playing for the Steelers, playing next to the best center in football. I know, I know. I was in awe when I got to Pittsburgh, you know, because of knowing uh, the history of Pittsburgh and, and Coach Noel and then also, uh, you know, Mike Webster those guys. Um, and just having the pleasure just to, to play and start beside Mike, um, you know, I used, to, I used to pride myself getting in early in the morning because I I lived on your side uh, my rookie year at Schoolhouse Apartment, so I could get to the stadium early in the morning, look at film, uh, you know, lift weights, and I would get in early, and Mike would already be in the weight room. And I'm like, man, I can't believe he's in here earlier than I am. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Mike, Mike was the consummate. He was a, he was a professional, man. I, I tried to emulate Mike the way Mike used to conduct himself, um, you know, in the classroom, you know, in meetings, um, practice. When Mike, Mike used to always be the first in line for every drill, Mike wrote down everything that the coaches said, uh, you know, took notes all the time. And so I used to ask Mike why he took notes, you know, even though he probably knew the offense better than the uh, coordinator at the time. 
He said, because I want to make sure that it's, you know, it just reinforces everything in my mind. And I want to make sure because, I mean, he's the center. You know, he's the one who's making all the calls and making the adjustments. So you have to know the offense inside and out. And so I tried to emulate what Mike did uh, when I was, uh, you know, named the center, the starting center my second year when Mike left to go to Kansas City. And I, I, I tell people, I said, I attribute, you know, just, just how I looked at Mike as a professional, how he conduct, how he conducted himself on and off the field. Um, and I tried to emulate that. And I think that's what helped me uh, excel at the center position and have success there. Now, let me ask you this, Dermani. What was it like? Because a, a lot of people basically say that you were that center that basically changed the way the Steelers ran their offense. I mean, the fact is, Mike Webster did what he did, but you came in, continued that, learned from what you what Mike put out there, and you ran it to another course, brother. Well, you know, it's flattering when people say that, and um, you know, when I when I see some of these college uh, players, and um, you know, they find out who I am, and they say, "Hey, you know, our coach used to watch film of you and try to teach us how to pull from the center position." Um, and I said, well, I said, you know, that's, that's very flattering when, when guys say that, that the coach put on film of me to show those guys how to pull, um, you know, the right way at the center position. And it's very humbling, you know. And, uh, but, you know, being, being a guard and, you know, my forte was my speed. I was quick and I was agile, uh, you know, even at my size. So that kind of gave me an advantage. And I was a pulling guard originally. So I just kind of incorporated what I learned as a pulling guard, um, and we tried to implement it at center position. Uh, and that happened in 92 when Coach Coward came his rookie year, and Ron Earhart, who was the coordinator from the Giants, uh, I think I think we, we were in camp, we were in training camp at that time, and uh, we were preparing for, we always, what we do, we take one day in training camp and we start to prepare a game plan for the first opening season game. And I want to say it was against Cleveland, in Cleveland, they were going to do the gap defense where it was making it tough for, uh, you know, the offensive line to get up on the second level. And so they were shading and, and, and slanting, and it was making it tough. So the linebackers were going untouched. So I told Coach, I said, hey, Coach, I said, hey, man, I can snap the ball. I can make the call, you know, based on where the line, the lineman of the tackle may be, you know, whether or not I, if I think I can get them, I'll reach them if I can. If not, I'll make a call, have the guard take my responsibility, then I'll pull. And, you know, we started to incorporate that and started to, to uh, do that in practice. And wow. it just worked out so perfectly uh, where it made it tough for defenses to kind of to, to, to defend us because we could get up on that second level and the linebackers weren't going free. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's how it all started. Yeah, Damani, when I, when I hear you say that and now when I look at film of some of the – the, the newer centers for the Steelers and watch the way they run their office and they call their plays, that goes right back to you. And it's, it's amazing just hearing this on, on this, you know, this audio, the way that, yeah. you know, how, how you almost created this, brother. It's yeah. amazing. And you, and you, well, you say it well, you so, know, so humbly, though. You know what I'm saying? It's not well, like... You know, I, well, because, I mean, I am humble about, about it. You know, it's just I was athletic. And, uh, you know, God gave me great athletic ability, and I was just able to incorporate it, you know, and, uh, you know, as far as the center position, you know, kind of take that athleticism and uh, incorporate it in what we did and kind of change the way teams look and evaluate centers because it used to be where the center wasn't the most athletic guy, 
You right. had your guards and tackles that were the most athletic guys. But now you see a lot of teams that want athletic centers because it gives you so many different options with an offense, and it makes it so much tougher to defend against when you have athletic linemen. So, you know, now it's just kind of created a whole new, you know, the, the centers now are more athletic. You know, they're not as big. They're able to run and mobile, you know, and that just gives you so much uh, you know, more options when it comes to offensive uh, scheming. Now, Dermonte, during your career in Pittsburgh, there were many players and coaches who had nothing but great things to say about you and your playing ability. And, and listen and see if this re- re- refreshes your memory. Um, and I quote from uh, the Honorable Bill Cower, to me, he was the best athlete to ever play that position. He was very powerful and explosive, just a rare combination of quickness, explosion, and he was a very dependable player. This guy hardly ever missed a game. He redefined the position, and I go on to say from another uh, you know, very well-known coach, Bill Belichick, he was one of the best players that we ever played against at that position. He had exceptional quickness. I think that Really, the measure of a center is his ability to play against powerful guys that are lined up over him and try to bull rush the pocket and collapse it in the middle so that the quarterback can't step up. Dawson had great leverage and quickness with his hands and his feet where he did a great job of keeping that pocket clean for, at the time, was Neil O'Donnell and those guys who played behind him. That was uh, New England's head coach, Bill Belichick, but at the time, he uh, was coaching the Browns. How does that make you feel when you have... People like this talking about you. You know, it means a lot. You know, coming from uh, Coach Belichick, because Coach Belichick, you know, he does not give you praise unless you know you're worthy of it. And uh, and also with Coach Cowher as well. And um, you know, it just kind of just kind of humbles you and makes you feel uh, proud of what you've accomplished. You know, as a player, and for those guys to have that uh, view of me, uh, you know, it means a lot. And um, you know, so I don't take it. I don't take it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, I respect both of those guys as coaches, and uh, you know, for those guys to be able to say that to say that about me, uh, you know, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, that is something to hear. And you've played, and you've played a great deal of time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the fact is, a lot of a lot of players now don't really, you know, finish out their career with their teams. But you did. But along the travel of playing with the Steelers. And I remember this. So that tells you both my age and James' age yeah. here, the fact that I remember that the worst defeats that Pittsburgh went through, and one of them was that 51 to nothing shellacking against the yeah. Browns. I mean, you were part Browns, of those. <laughs> At home. <laughs> I, was, I, was, hey, I, was, I was on that, I was on that team. Right. Uh, you know, that year we got smoked by those guys, 51 That I think that was the first game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the second yeah, that, game, that was the first game of the season. Now, and, let me ask you this. Now, how, how was it? You, you're, you're a player on, on that sideline, and, I mean, it just seems that you're to the point of, like, you know what, no matter what we do, th- this game is so out of control, it's ridiculous. I mean, how was that, that feeling on the sideline? And then the next week to come out and almost get the same thing done again in week two. Against the Bengals. I know. I know it was crazy. I think we got we got beat forty nine with something with the, the Bengals. I think uh, that second game. Uh, but you know, sometimes when games you know go awry, when things just don't work, and you get down so far, you know, time is running out. You know, you hate to see guys give up. But I think you know, it just comes to a point where 
no matter what you're trying to do, I think you, you know, the coordinators and the coaches and everything else, they try to second guess themselves and, uh, you know, what are the plays. You know, I think we just kind of overthink it. And, uh, you know, things just tend not to go well when you have mistakes, you got turnovers, you got penalties. Uh, you know, it seems like the other team is scoring at will. Everybody's out of sync. And, uh, it just seems like once you get to that point, there's no way to, to, to turn it back, you know, to, uh, to have a comeback because you just your, your your deficit is so much, it's just so great. It's just uh, you can't overcome it. Now I think that was what 1989, and I guess people were saying that was the rebuilding year. I guess that was the excuse of of what the Steelers are doing that year. But you ended up going nine and seven to finish out the season, and I believe you made the playoffs that year. We did, we did. We lost to Denver in Denver in '89. Uh, that was a crazy game. Yeah, yeah. You know, we would have uh, went to the AFC Championship game that year if we beat those guys. But we ended up losing by one point uh, in '89 in Denver. Wow. Now, Damani, let me ask you this now. You. Being in your career, you played with a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, you went from, uh, you know, we went through a list of quarterbacks that were there during your tenure with the Steelers, and you go from uh, Mark Malone, Steve Bono in that era. No, yeah. Yeah, Bobby Brister, Bobby Todd Brister. Blackledge, <laughs> Neil O'Donnell, uh, Cordell Stewart, uh, Kent Graham. Uh, Mike Tomzak. I mean, you name it. The only ones who haven't played quarterback during that duration was um, me and James here. So oh I was God. wondering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How how did that affect your psyche as a player? Uh, you know, really, it doesn't affect your psyche as a player. I mean, you have a you have a responsibility and a job to do, and so you go out there. I don't care who's playing uh, quarterback. You know, those guys get paid to play as well. So you have confidence in your quarterback, um, and it really doesn't affect uh, your thought process when it comes to the game and game planning. You know, you just you just go out there and, and play your game. Now, Dermot, that's all you can do. Let me ask you this. Now, playing a center, you're you're the start of the offense. I mean, you're in every play, obviously. Now, you played 170 consecutive games, and you played, I, what, eight years, I think it was, if you do the math, injury-free. How did you how did you get your body in such a condition that playing as a center, plus uh, you're doing other things, you're pulling, you're stunting, how did you remain injury-free for all that time, or were you covering up injuries? Well, I mean, of course, I mean, you're injured. I mean, no no NFL player plays uh, the whole season uh, injury-free. There's a difference between being injured and hurt. Uh, you know, so you have to know the difference. Some guys don't know the difference. Um, you know, for me, I mean, I took pride in making sure I was going to be there and be dependable for the team because, I mean, that, that betters our chance. The more guys we have on the field, the more starters we have on the field, the better our chances are of winning. So, you know, that was my thing. I took pride in making sure that I was prepared. I mean, and really, I mean, yeah, you go out there, you're banged up, you know, here and there. You know, you take a little leave in Demandville or Tylenol and, uh, you know, and that kind of needs to some of the, the aches and pains. But, you know, when, when game time goes, I mean, you know, the you know, adrenaline rush is so great that, I mean, you're just, you're just all hyped up and, and pumped up and ready to play. Um, but, you know, I took pride in making sure I was there every game. You know, not to say that I wasn't hurt, hurting right. uh, at times, but, uh, you know, there's a difference between being hurt and injured. Still, me being hurt, um, you know, still gave me a better, that's a better opportunity at me playing center uh, as opposed to being on the bench. Oh, that's definitely, and we can see that, like I said, you were a, tre- a trendsetter, brother. And the fact is, you, you put in 12 
hard years with the Steelers. And, I mean, you put it in and you define that position. Seven Pro Bowls, as we said earlier, six times All-Pro. But now you, you're getting towards the towards basically close to the end of your career. And in 2000, what was going on with you and the Steelers as far as playing and contract talks? Well, you know, 2000 was when I, I ruptured that tendon in my hamstring uh, that attached the hamstring, well, it's called the issue tuberosity. It's a, uh, a tendon that attaches the hamstring to the pelvic bone. Wow. And so I ruptured it about 35 to 40%. And really, you need about six months for it to kind of mend itself back uh, together. But the problem anytime that you rupture a tendon is you're going to have scar tissue. So therefore, it's going to be less pliable. And the scar tissue is always going to be it's always going to hurt, and it's just not as pliable, so you're more prone to injury. And so we don't have that luxury to have six months off where I, do, where I do nothing and then try to get back into shape. Right. So you have to do deep tissue massage, you know, um, deep heating, you know, I guess ultrasound, all that stuff to kind of make it bleed and to kind of massage it so that scar tissue is less. But you don't have the luxury of sitting out six months to let it heal completely. So you just have to deal with the pain. And today, I still deal with that pain 24-7 with my hamstring. Um, it hurts all the time. Wow. Wow. And that's what I, that's and that's why we brought you on this show because there, there's a side that a lot of people don't know. There's a side that a lot of people don't recognize. When you're sitting up in the stands and you're cheering and you're, you're pushing that player along, the fact is you never see the other side of it when that, when that player finishes the game and that player has to have a, a – you know, productive life after the cheers and everything are gone. This is the side oh, yeah. that they need to hear and they need to see, Dermani. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we're all going to pay the price for, you know, it's a violent game and you got 300-pound guys who are running into one another. Uh, you know, guys are strong, they're faster every year, and, you know, you're going to have some fallout from it, you know, with your body, and it's just part of it. You know, I had surgery on my shoulder uh, last year in September, and now they need a shoulder replacement on my right shoulder. Um, so I am uh, in the process of, uh, you know, talking to an orthopedic doctor and, and uh, potentially going to have a shoulder replacement uh, in the fall uh, towards the end of the year. Wow. Now, now, Crazy. Yeah. Now, near the end, you chose to retire instead of trying to move on with another team. And um, we appreciate that. We respect that. Because a lot of a lot of players out there don't know when to say when, and I don't know if it's pride or whatever they try to push it, and then they then they lose pretty much all the stamina that they built up with that one team. Yeah. And we saw with Heinz Ward, and we appreciated that as well. And all the Steeler fans is now let's fast forward a little bit to year 2012, Dermani. You get the call from Canton. Can you walk us through what was going on in your mind and how you were feeling? Oh, hey, it blew my mind, you know, because, I mean, I've been a finalist, uh, you know. I've been a finalist, uh, you know, a few years prior. And, uh, you know, to get that call and find out, you know, hear your name called on television, um, you know, of course, you try not to get your hopes up because, I mean, you don't want to be, uh, you know, disappointed. But, I mean, that's the ultimate. When my name was called, I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And uh, after uh, after uh, it was announced on television, you know, my phone just started blowing up with text and emails and <laughs> phone calls. And, uh, of course, you know, you have to be by the phone because the Hall of Fame is going to call you and let you know that you – it used to be where they were going to call you. But the selection show now, you hear your name called on television. 
So I was going to go hit some golf balls uh, because I didn't think I was going to make it. So I said, hey, I'll have my phone with me, but I'm not going to look at the show. But I decided to go ahead and look at the show, and, and uh, next thing you know, I get my name called, and I just couldn't believe it. And it still, it still blows my mind to this day that uh, you know I'm actually uh, in the uh, Hall of Fame. Now, I, I think at the time, I could be wrong, but I, I believe that uh, Jerome Bettis was also a finalist with you during that year, but he wasn't selected and you were. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Jerome was a finalist in 2012 when I was selected. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I don't, I don't think Jerome was um, uh, on that ballot uh, at that time. Well, let me ask you this now, because one thing we we were looking at, and we we're looking at like the the Hall of Famers on an individual club, like the uh, Chicago Bears right now. They're leading the clubs in the NFL out of most individuals in the Hall of Fame, and thanks to players such as yourself, Damani Dawson, and the bus Jerome Bettis, you guys have got us very much running into second place or tied in second place oh, with the most players with the Green Bay Packers at uh, 24, 20, yeah, 24, 25 players right now. And, you know, that's what I mean, that, that dedication and that hard work. And, you know, it, it's all emulated and it shows the productivity of what happens if you put in that hard work. And what what's something that you would like to leave with a, a youngster that, that's listening to this show and, you know, who's wondering about will I ever get to a certain place or, you know, a certain aspiration in life, what message would you leave for that individual? Well, you know, I mean, the message I always tell kids, I say, you know, no matter what, no matter what you do, no matter what you uh, uh, try to achieve, uh, you know, always try to be the best at what you do. I don't care what it is. I mean, you know, whether it be work, school, uh, you know, football, whatever sport it is, no matter what it is, I mean, always try to be the best and give 100% uh, uh, to it. Because, I mean, you know, what's, what's the point of trying to pursue something if you're not going to give 100% and try to be the best you can be? So I always try to tell kids, you know, that was, that was, that was the motto of my, uh, my uh, college coach, Jerry Claiborne. Uh, he always spoke about, you know, being the best, seeing yourself be the best, and uh, accomplishing great things. And he was, a, he was big into visualization, psycho-cybernetics. Uh, but, you know, that's one thing that I thought about, you know, that I always thought, um, you know, after going to making it to the pros, I said, okay, well, hey, if you're going to be the best, if you're going to be out here playing, you might as well be the best at it. So, <laughs> hey, you put in, you put in the time, you put in the hours, you put in the work. You know, a lot of sweat, a lot of blood. Uh, you know, a lot of hard work, and it pays off. But you got to be diligent. And and also, I like to tell kids. Also, uh, I don't care if it's kids or adults, but you know, no matter what you accomplish, you know, you always have to redefine those goals each and every year, Dang. and you always have to have goals that are are obtainable, uh, you know, short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals. But you still have to go back and reassess those goals each and every year and always have something to reach forward to or try to achieve each and every year and get better. Because uh, the old adage is, you know, nothing stays the same. You right. get worse or you get better. I love wow. it. I love it. Now, Dermonte, your your NFL career is over, obviously. You're retired. You're, you're inducted into the Hall of Fame. How does Dermonte feel his career went? Is Dermonte pleased, or do you feel you could have done something different in your career as a football player? You know, I mean, I look back at my career, I don't think I could have done anything uh, different. I mean, it's just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything different. 
that's what I'm talking about. I am 100 percent satisfied. <laughs> yeah, I'm 100 percent satisfied. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what it's like. Like you said, that's when you put your heart, your sweat, and you're all into what you love doing. But Damani, let me ask you oh, yeah. this. Oh yeah. You know, what players or what other players, NFL players out there that you actually still keep in contact with? Active guys or retired guys? Uh, either one. Uh, you know, I, I still keep in touch with uh, Marquise uh, every once in a while. Uh, you know, Jordan Gay, one of the one of the uh, players I know, he's a kicker for Buffalo. Wow. Uh, Jordan Berry, one of the punters for Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I, I keep in touch with Greg Lloyd. I mean, I keep in touch with LeBron Kirkland, Duvall Love. Um, you know, I, I keep in touch with, you know, multiple guys. I was just talking to Blaine Bishop uh, uh, yesterday. <laughs> and uh, so I keep I keep in touch with guys, you know, because we go we go to different uh, fundraising events, and so it's almost like a reunion. We get a chance to see one another. I mean, yeah, you think about guys, but I mean, really, life kind of gets in the way. Right. Because everybody's doing their own thing, so it's kind of hard to kind of stay in touch. But you know, we we see one another at different events um, uh, throughout the course of the year, and um, but on the regular, you know, Duvall Love, John Jackson, uh, you know, all those guys, Greg Lloyd. I keep in touch with uh, on a regular. Beautiful. Now, Dermonte, we talked about this prior to the interview. This is the time of the show where we call it the Blitz Round. So we're just gonna okay. like we're just gonna ask you some cool random questions, make you think. Hopefully, you're gonna say, you know what? Wow, that was a great question, guys. And we're gonna start off easy on you. So the first question is gonna be your favorite thing about Pittsburgh. My favorite thing about Pittsburgh is the winters. I mean, I love snow. I just love to change the seasons. Living out here in California, uh, it's sunny all the time, and I know people always think I'm bragging about the weather, but <laughs> it's true. Uh, but, hey, I enjoyed those those uh, harsh winters uh, in Pittsburgh. I love the snow and driving around in the snow. Crazy. <laughs> I know. <don't, anyway. laughs> well, it's 92 and sunny in Rochester, New York, which is unbelievable. So if that gives you anything. All right, Damani. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your favorite place to eat in Pittsburgh? Uh, my favorite place to eat, uh, Tremaine Brothers. Nice. There you go. Nice. Name one person in your life who influenced you the most. My mom. I love it. I love it. Mom. That's a quarterback in everybody's life. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's right. Exactly. Let me ask you, best advice ever given to you, Damani? Always try to be the best at uh, whatever you uh, attempt to do. Now, Dermani, if you could change one thing in your past, say have a do-over, what would that be? Pursue baseball. Wow. Oh, hey, I like nice. that. <laughs> Who's your favorite baseball team, Yankees? Uh, really, I don't have a favorite. Oh, All right. <laughs> Got to love it. Don't try to push the Yankees Sorry to disappoint you. People are most impressed by your what? Uh, attitude and manners. Love it. All right. <clears throat> Something unique about yourself no one else knows. I like to bake. Oh, cute. <laughs> cute. That's it. Don't, I wouldn't tell my wife that. Oh, boy. You have an awesome, <laughs> <laughs> you have an awesome taste in what? An awesome taste in I'm not for sure. Okay. <laughs> now we had Mark. I'm really not for sure. We had we had Max Starks uh, made a mistake by saying women. 
Um, <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah, yeah, but that he did. He tried to cover it up by saying, "Well, yeah, that's how he met his wife." Or, it was, <laughs> oh, okay, that's a good cover. It too, okay, it was too late. But um, how about this, Dermani? If Hollywood was going to do a movie about Dermani Dawson, what actor would play you? Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of stuck on that one. I'm trying to think who would uh, who would play me. Don't uh, say Denzel Washington. Oh, we we got a lot of Denzel. No, not Denzel. <laughs> no, not Denzel. No. Uh, man, you got me on that one. I, I have no clue. Okay. All right. We'll leave it open. All right. Now, Germani, you're in a foxhole. Bullets flying overhead. The fire's raging and everything is going on in your life. Who would you want in that foxhole with you battling side by side? You know, it could be a person from your past. It could be a person that's, you know, present, NFL player, family member. Oh, gosh. I'd say my Uncle Lawrence. He was uh, he was in, uh, in the Army as well. So if I'm going to have somebody, I want somebody who is skilled. <laughs> Uncle Lawrence. <laughs> love it, love it. Write him down. Now, now, Germani, we want to pr- we appreciate you coming on the show and doing the interview, and it was fantastic. There's a lot of people out there who listen to our show who now are updated with Germani Dawson, how he got to be where he was, and we finished the show on this final question. Not really a question, but it's more of a, we need you to do something, okay? Okay. And, and you're not the only one we asked this, and we had other people. You go on our website, check out our interviews. We need to hear... Your best Bill Cowher impersonation. Oh man, I don't even—I don't even know how to uh, <laughs> uh, impersonate Bill Cowher. Oh come on, you've been yelled at many times. <laughs> the spit was a fool. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. No, I am for real. I—I uh, I don't even know how to to uh, imitate Coach uh, Cowher. Tell you the truth. All right. Uh, how about? I have no clue. You're better than that. Come on, Germante. <laughs> you're better than that. Get out there. Something like that? No? Uh, no, no. I, <laughs> I, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't do. I don't do impressions. I really don't even uh, know how to even uh, emulate that Coach Howard. Oh boy. How about Chuck Noll? Can you do an impersonation of Chuck Noll? No, I. Hey, I don't do. I don't do impression impersonations, and uh, it's been so long with Coach Noll. Um, you know, Coach Noah was so soft-spoken until something happened, but I really don't even know how to, uh, you know, imitate him as well. This is my favorite part of the show, Dermani. You let me down. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, that's I apologize. <laughs> well, Dermani, before we close the interview, and this is one thing I know everybody wants to know is, what is Dermani Dawson doing today? Well, you know, hey, I do, I do uh, you know, quite a few corporate appearances with, uh, you know, several uh, large corporations, but I do a lot of appearances for the NFL and also the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, but I work with a sports management company called Star Pass Sports. It's a small, a small sports uh, management company, and we represent a few uh, uh, professional athletes uh, in the league, and uh, I am uh, player personnel where I go out and I recruit players, uh, you know, from the various universities and colleges uh, when they're draft eligible. And right. also talk to the coaches, and also go to the homes and talk to the parents uh, as well, and teach those guys about the process and whether or not uh, we're the right agency for uh, their uh, son. Wow, that's awesome! So they keep, 
Keeps you pretty busy. Keeps you pretty busy. Well, Damani, like we said here on Still Nation Live, we love the fact that you stopped by our show tonight. You are one force to be reckoned with, brother. It, even in retirement, the respect is still there. Huge. A guy who's Huge. a trendsetter for not just the NFL inside the league, but outside the league. Damani Dawson, thanks again for myself, Sanders Tisdale, and James Owen for That's being right. on the show tonight, Damani. Sanders, James, hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you once again. If you guys need me on the show again, hey, just let me know. Absolutely. We got your number. All right, Damani. Have a good you night, brother. All right, guys. You take care. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.